first for Connor Carrick. Out the right side to Mitchell. And he'll skate it along. We're going to have a scrap here at center ice. It's going to be Josh Gratton and Liam O'Brien. Oh, baby. Josh Gratton in here with 65 penalty minutes. He's only played 34 games, but we know how tough he's been in this league for a while. Liam O'Brien still with the helmet on. Shakes it off. Gratton coming over the top. Liam lands a right hand. Takes a couple of pops here. Gratton just feeding him the business. Got an uppercut in there. And these two rock him, sock him. O'Brien twisted off balance. And those two will sit with 13.31 to go in the first. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Enforcer's Corner. With me, I have an all-time favorite of mine. Got to watch him in Philly for a couple years. He he was here, and then he was gone, and then he came back again. Josh Gratton's joining us tonight. What's up, Josh? How you doing, man? Not too much, man. I'm just uh, having a good time listening to you uh, put a good introduction for me in there. It's uh, nice to talk to you. I'm excited to do the interview here. Oh, man, it's, it's all fucking fun, dude. I, I love this shit. So... You played 982 games in the AHL. That's that's pretty impressive. You also played 86 in the NHL. You fought, dude. Your resume is is like you didn't say no to anybody, did you? No, I didn't really have a choice. It's either I was trying to make a name, or I had a name, or I was getting beat up again. So, no, didn't have many uh, many choices. I've never really been a guy to turn one down. I probably should have, right? Have I, my nose would be a little more straighter if I did, but <laughs> okay. So since you brought up the nose and not me, <laughs> when <laughs> did that happen? <laughs> uh, happened pretty much every game. It happened every time I fought someone that hit me in the nose. It would be a little, a little more to my side. I, I needed a lefty to hit it hard. I didn't fight any tough lefties. It would caught me good, and make it straight. But uh, you know, it, with my nose, it was just just wear and tear it wasn't one time it was just over and over and over again so i'd be on the bus in the american league after fighting brian mcgratton and i just feel my nose and i just feel a little crack uh he got me he got me again i'll tell you what that that fight you had with brian mcgratton was an absolute war man yeah he he he, and, and for me and my generation he's the king so for me to be able to have a good scrap with him uh you know, that's where that, that's where I drew some status in my own mind that uh, I could I could keep up with the top guys because uh, in my era he was the top, but and I would think I would compare it to him to Proby in his era. So it was a uh, it was a little bit of a confidence booster, but to be able to say that I fought Brian McGrattan in ten years to a bunch of younger hockey players, they'll they'll have the awe as in. He has the aura of like how Proby used to have it. I think in my in my mind. If you guys haven't seen that fight, it is uh, well one of those fights. It is up on YouTube. Um, Josh is selling himself a little short here because I believe one of his right hands definitely stunned the living shit at a big urn. Yeah, I, I actually I, I I think I caught him. I, I caught him with a good one and I pulled him up with his jersey. Or I think he might have he might have fell down, but that that doesn't matter. He already had had hit me about fifteen times. I just was lucky. <laughs> I was just lucky enough to be able to take him. And then the but, next time we went into Binghamton, we lined up, and I thought I was just gonna try my luck one more time. And that time didn't go out very well. I'm pretty I'm pretty happy that that one's not on video. He, uh, <laughs> he gave it he gave it to me pretty good. Well, if there's no video evidence, it didn't yeah. happen. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> It, it didn't happen to the public side, but it happened to my nose. So I'm still breathing, I'm still breathing a little left. I'm still breathing out of the left side because of him. But 
Maybe one day he'll come and uh, say or help pay for the surgery to get it fixed. <laughs> yeah, I hear. I hear he's working with uh, Calgary right now. Yeah, he seems... he's doing. He... Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say he seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, you know what? He's he's done really well for himself. He's went through a hard time, and uh, the guy, the guy that played that role and, and stuff, I can understand the mentality and uh, which how how it breaks you down and things you go through. But he's uh, he's overcame everything, and he, he's definitely a guy I look up to. Um, he's definitely a guy that probably every guy in our situation coming up would be look at him and see that he's went through some shit and uh, battled it out and came out on top. It's uh, It takes a real man to be able to get over the hump on some of those things. There's a lot of guys that are in the same situation that go the other way. And he was, uh, he was lucky enough to uh, strong enough, not lucky, strong enough mentally to be able to battle himself out of that. And, and now he's working for Calgary and doing a great job for all the young kids there. So, my tip, tip tip my hat to him oh for sure yeah he's uh he's certainly been through some shit and it's all it's <laughs> it's it's always awesome to hear the stories when when guys can make it out and make good for themselves yeah and uh, yeah you, there's a lot more that, that don't but the ones that do and, and stick with it and don't use it as a as a crutch or a clutch like the ones that use it for Gen- with genuinely trying to help other people there's people that use it as uh, as a stepping stone to get somewhere else whatever but he's he's as honest as it comes when it comes to that stuff and it's uh it's it's really admirable for sure but did you have anybody in mind that that uses it against or the wrong way yeah for sure but i'm not gonna throw that out there no i i, I the, the, i'll just say i'll just say there's guys that do it Self, selfishly and and and, and bigger and didn't do doesn't do that that's a, there's a few guys out there that play the role and, and are a little phony if, if that makes sense so when you played for the phantoms uh, yeah. i mean you played for a couple of ahl teams before the phantoms uh yeah. cincinnati i believe you played was it san antonio before or was that after? Uh, san antonio was after i i went uh i went from out of junior to the East Coast, to, to uh, San Diego with Steve Martinson was the coach. He was a savage. And then I got called up to Cincinnati, played half the season there, and then I signed out out of out of uh, that year after that year to Philly. And that was and the lockout year. Yeah, yeah. And then you came to Philly and you won a Colder Cup. What was that like, man? Start to finish. Oh, to be honest, I, I if if I could give anything i go back to those days because those that year with those guys i had with me on uh, we had the best year of our lives to win a cup the first year pro like my first year of real pro and the team we had and to win it in front of ten thousand people in the wachovia center is like nothing will compare to that i can i can only compare to that to an estate what the stanley cup feels like because i won it in Manchester, and it was just as good as feeling, but not even close to uh, to Philly. That was I, I think about that probably six days out of the seven a week. <laughs> Literally, now, like the fun we had, the the guys we had, the party we had after it was it was savagery, complete savagery. Now I was uh, I was lucky enough to be in attendance. Um, I was uh, shit 2005. I think I was 14. 
<laughs> 15 yep. maybe and uh there's a there's a photo that i think they they had on the daily times on the front of the daily times and it was a photo of uh, i believe it was you holding the cup and behind you was about five rows about 10 rows up you could clearly make me my dad my brother and my mother out and i was oh. like I, I have it somewhere in this house i just have to find the paper <laughs> if you get that i would love to see it uh, i'd love to see any any pictures i have when with the cup i'd love to see it like to, to hoist that after that, but the party after, holy. Speaking we, speaking of the party after, um, I heard somebody was in their underwear behind the bar at McDaniel's <laughs> hand, handing out random strangers drinks from the cup. It wasn't, it wasn't underwear. It was a bikini, a thong. <laughs> and I might, I might be the guilty one. I'm not sure, but... <laughs> Anything you want to say, we just say we, we any dumb thing we would do, we'd be in the we just say we won the cup. Doesn't matter. It's nothing matters at that point, right? <laughs> if I'm handing out free drinks, people shouldn't be worrying about what I'm wearing because <laughs> I want I want what they're wearing off most of the time. <laughs> How the hell did you end up in a fucking thong? <laughs> oh, we were drinking all day at uh, at our hotel there because we were all moved out of our apartments. We were drinking all day, and me uh. Me and Jeff Carter went and got two cowboy hats, and Cartsy was just a young guy. He, he was just coming out of junior. So we got two cowboy hats, a thong at Walmart, whatever. We're just shooting. We hadn't, we hadn't really slept a whole lot. We woke up, uh, and we were sitting by the pool, and we're like, we need, we need a bikini, and we need a cowboy hat, and we're going to McDaniels drinking all day. <laughs> and he, 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 he did it. We both did it, and then he ended up changing like a normal person would. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I just, I just kept it on. I don't even know if I had shoes. I don't know. I have a picture of me sitting on the Seven Eleven garbage can with no shoes, no shirt, no service. I'll try to, I'll try to send it to you to post it. Uh, but, but yeah, that was a, it. Was a wild time. Then after that, uh, we won. We won, we had a parade or whatever the parade or we ever actually meetings. Then five of us went to Vegas after that to celebrate a little longer. But it how was long fun. how long did that party last? Well, I left a day early because I have anxiety attacks and hadn't slept in a little while. So <laughs> I, it, it lasted a little longer for other people, not long for me. But it was a good time while it lasted. Was uh, Jeff Carter your main party partner or what? Uh, he, he was not my main party partner, but he was always, he was always game for beers. If you want to have a couple of beers, he'd have some beers, but I lived with Ben Eager. He was one of my best buddies. And, uh, we, we'd be, we'd be, uh, pretty much hand in hand in, in anything we were doing in Philly. Oh boy. That's a, yeah. that, I'll tell you what, yeah. I hope nobody started shit with you two in a bar. No, there was... <laughs> They wouldn't start shit, but if if one guy had a chick, bring him back at that time, and if I uh, just say he, he had a chick and I didn't, I'd come in the house and just ruin it, and I'd be the considered the human wrecking ball. So in our house, in our house, there we me and him were just it was if I don't get laid, nobody does. That was our motto. So you better either come bring in a chick and hook up with her, 
before Eags gets home or before I get home, vice versa, because nobody's getting laid if not, if, if there's not two of them. <laughs> just, just, just dumb stuff when we were 20 years old. Right? Uh, that, yeah, those that's those typical twenty-year-old shit. But you're also playing pro hockey at twenty, which is yeah something a lot of people can't say. Living the dream, really. Like uh, you take you take for granted of how quick it goes, and uh, these little these little stories are funny. But and I I don't mean to be dropping names. I'm not really dropping names. I'm just telling you good stories. But those guys are all they're all my best buddies, and we talk to this day, and they will tell you stories. Probably ones that I don't remember because I passed out. But. With without stories, Josh, we wouldn't have a podcast. Yeah, without <laughs> stories, without, without stories, there's no reason. There's no reason to go through days, right? <laughs> exactly. Now, you the the following year, or was it? No, it was the following year. You got called up to the Flyers, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that go? Like, walk me through that. Like, did somebody? Come sit you down, like, hey, listen, we want you up at the big club. Did they say like why they wanted you up, or? Well, so before I got called up for my first NHL game, we were playing a game. The weekend before, I played like shit, and I was pissed off because people were getting called up, and, and I thought I, I thought it was there. so. I, I was a kind of just thinking I'm just a young kid that doesn't uh, that thinks he deserves everything anyway. I got some shit. Paul Holmgren brought me up to his office. He said, "We're not trading you, so you better even just put, you better start putting a smile on your face and working your balls off." So the next week or two, like through that, we played a bunch of games. I, I went down there and I just did what he said, and then ended up getting called up. And and to be honest, the NHL was never on my radar. Like when I was in junior OHL, I was never drafted to NHL. I was never drafted to OHL, so. Like it wasn't on my radar to, that I would ever thought I would play in the NHL, but I got that call that one morning, and uh, we were playing Vancouver at home. There's a nasty road. There's a nasty snowstorm. I end up going down the wrong. I go. I went up taking the wrong bridge. No, the one bridge was closed because there was too uh, too much snow. So I went to go down to go through the other one. Ben Franklin, what's the other what's the other bridge? Uh, Walt Whitman. Yeah, so I take the Walt Whitman, and and I get there, and this that's close. So I'm I, this is my first NHL game. I think I'm going to be late. Super super big snowstorm. I'm going. I'm driving over like curbs. I'm driving around people <laughs> and everything. I I was so scared that I was going to be late for my first NHL game. That I was like, it ended up getting pro- postponed. But I was there on time. I went through. I went over everything. Like, if anyone was going to pull me over, I'd be like, "Dude, this is my first NHL game. I will go through. I will go through a parade to get there." Like, you're going to fight the cop to get there. Yeah, I ended up going. <laughs> I ended up going backwards on the wrong side. I went on go wrong side of the bridge just to get into the line to get around. Like, how. <laughs> I was sweating. I thought I was going to be late, and I ended up being the first guy there for like an hour and a half. So I'm sitting there stretching. I've taped three sticks, untaped two sticks, like <laughs> just going, just going stupid, waiting. And then it ended up. It was an okay night. I tried to. Uh, we played. We played Vancouver, I believe. Well, you said it got postponed, right? What's that? You said it got postponed. 
No, it didn't get postponed. Just the 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 uh, like the start game time? time got postponed. Yeah, uh, game yeah. time got postponed. So it wasn't that bad. But I was there. I, I was there at least an hour and a half before everybody else because I was all pumped <laughs> up first NHL game. But <laughs> did you did, did you get uh, a rookie lap? No, I didn't get a rookie lap. But I guess I guess my rookie lap was just me sitting in the in the dressing room taping my sticks like a loser by myself. <laughs> Were you really all by yourself? Like there wasn't even uh, I, an equipment I, I, I was, I, I was there. I was the first player there for a good twenty minutes. Was it was like, uh, is this happening? Um, I didn't know what's going on, so I was like, is this actually gonna is this game happening? Because if not, I, that means I still haven't played in the NHL. So anyway, yeah, but yeah. Now, now, now to go from that, I mean, what was your first shift like? Oh, I probably I probably got scored on in my first shift. I don't even remember. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. My first. You were shift, playing goalie. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I, I probably would have had a better better outcome. But my first shift, I would. I I don't really remember my first shift. I just remember like easing in. Ken Hexcock was the coach then, and he was really good with me. And Brash Donald Brashear was the winger, so I had nothing to worry. But I just wasn't running around my first shift and trying to get into it. But it was a good game, actually. I played. I, I felt comfortable by the end, but the first uh, first period was a little uh, bit of a whirlwind. But yeah, a little bit of nerves. I yeah. mean, how'd the how'd the tape job on the stick hold up though? Good. Oh, I, I, I probably I, I probably was so nervous that I don't even know if I put tape on it. After. <laughs> 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 I, I, I was stretching. I could have been a yoga teacher. How how limber I was because I stretched so long. <laughs> so your your first NHL fight. Yeah. Who was who was it against? I know it was in a Flyers jersey. Yeah, it was against it was against Andrew Peters. Yeah, that's right. So I, I line up. I line up to him. I go, "You give me one." And he goes, uh, "I don't really want it." I go, I go uh, and straight up, and I, I'm sure he'll 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 justify this. I go, hey, I'm just a fucking slug trying to trying to make a name for myself. I appreciate it if you give me one. Right. He goes, all right. <laughs> he goes, as long as we square off, right? we square off, and, and we had a good tilt. That was my first NHL tilt, but he's 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 a tough he's a tough man. He's big and he's tough. It was already. I fought after that. I fought Mayor Scott. That uh, was Scott Mayor. Same game, right? Yeah, it was yeah. Adam Mayor. Yeah, Adam Mayor. Yeah, so I, I I probably should have picked Adam Mayor in my first fight. Yeah, because the second one was, I mean, pretty dominant on your part. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's kind of the problem I had as a as a guy I was in that role. I was a little, not to say I, I wasn't scared by any means, but I was a little out of my weight class with a lot of the guys that I was playing. That I was fighting, and the guys that all guys that were around my size was never an issue. Pound for pound, I could probably go with anyone. But uh, when you get get into those guys like Peters, Larock, Ivanis, like those guys, just they're so big, so strong. And I wish I just had have had a a brain cell to tell me just to say no to those guys once in a while, but it didn't happen, you know. Yeah, I had uh, I had Pete on, and he was he was discussing like how toughness is leaving the sport, and he goes a big part of it is the guys that did it just got too good at it. Yeah, and and the problem is 
they 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 got so good at their craft like they, they got so good of they didn't work on their skills and they didn't work on you know what i mean like they didn't they try to be hockey players so they just got weaned out if that makes sense yeah it doesn't and it's unfortunate because because there's a place for it but back in the day there was a pl- a place for it for one, two, two guys, at least two guys to fight. Like me and me and Georgie were a one-two punch in Phoenix, right? And every team had one or two. You know what I mean? And and, and it, it it got fizzled out real fast. But it only got fizzled out as the heavyweights, right? Which you can understand, but like there's still there's still going to be considered like Tom Wilson heavyweight. Rebo is a heavyweight. If every team had one of those, it would be the same thing, and then it would just be a little less. So there'd be a guy that that runs around as a rat, and then it's just going to get a little weaseled out. Those guys. I don't. I don't know if you're going to weasel out the rats. I think you're going to bring more rats out. No, cause... that's what I mean. You're, you're yeah. going to weasel out the guys like Rebo or Willie. They'll be the they'll be the next ones weaseled out uh, you know oh, what, what I mean? like the, tom tom wilson ain't going anywhere that dude can score 40 goals oh i know, no, I know. <laughs> he actually he's a stud yeah yeah that, that that dude's a beaut man yeah after being called up you played three games and then they traded you on the trade deadline yeah listen to this it's this a good story <laughs> well, i'm all ears <laughs> so i had I, I had i had a, i had a knee infection when i was in philly and uh it was around the trade deadline, so I had to get a, I had to get like a surgery just to get my meniscus cleaned up, and uh, it was around that trade deadline. So I'm, I'm texting the, the American League guys are going. I was like, "Well, you, I, we were like, everyone's at that age is like, oh, you're getting dealt. Like if you're the only ones going." So I was like texting, texting Ben, Ben, Ben Eager, my roommate. We were laughing. I was like. Well, fuck the Flyers. We don't have anyone else to trade. They're, they're gonna trade you because they're kind of making the Lord gonna playoff run. And he's like texting them. They're going to Rochester, maybe. I'm like, you get traded yet? Nope, nope. I get a phone call from Paul Holmgren. I'm in the hospital bed. Uh, hey, Gratz. Uh, we thanks for everything you've done. Well, I'll give you a call in a little while. But we traded you uh, to Phoenix. I go, Homer. Uh, you know, you know. You know that uh, I'm in the hospital, right? I just had surgery on my knee. Ah, yeah, no problem. Well, the, uh, Wayne Gretzky will call you in 20 minutes. I thought <laughs> I, I, I thought I was so high on morphine that I didn't even know what's going on. I, I thought I was dreaming. My girl, my girlfriend at the time, she's there. She's actually like asking me to put it on speakerphone just so I know what's going on because they, they literally traded me like probably five hours after I had a surgery, so I had no idea what was going on. That's wild. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Gretz, so Wayne calls me. Gretz calls me. He's like, "Hey, uh, yeah, we're getting you on a flight tomorrow. Um, well, we're bringing you to Phoenix, and we'll get you te- t- checked out by our doctors." I go, uh, "Man, I just had surgery like like five hours ago." Oh, I know, no problem. We'll get you a private jet. So they sent a private jet. They brought me and my girlfriend at the time uh, back. They were in a private jet, got it all set up, and. They're they're great to me ever since. Phoenix was unbelievable. How was it playing in the desert? I mean, just awesome. Yeah, you know what? The only shitty thing was is uh, you have to take yeah at the time or now the the arena is in Glendale and everyone lives in Scottsdale. 
So it's a good 30 minute drive to get to the rink every day. But besides that, holy smokes, it's, cool. it's by, by far the best place you could play. If, if you're a winning team, I wouldn't know because we were losing at that time. But if you're a winning team, it's a good time. That's I, I wouldn't know. I mean, every time I see a game in Arizona, there's like 10,000 people in the stands. And I'm like, that's like a Phantoms game. Yeah, yeah. No, but <laughs> I, they're getting better. They're getting better. The only problem is, is the, the, where the arena is. It's just such a, it's a, such a hard thing to draw fans to because it's still one way or another. If you're going east or west or whatever it is, you're, you got to drive a good distance it's not in it anywhere in the center of uh, anywhere so you got to drive a little ways to to get there so it's pain in the ass for for come for a couple drinks or you have a couple drinks you can't drive home right uh-huh. uh-huh. so. <laughs> or can you <laughs> i don't know i guess i'll find out if i get home <laughs> i'll get no, my i'm car- just kidding everybody you shouldn't drink and drive for the record well good. <laughs> Just, just drive and drink, and then drink and drive. No, I know, but that 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 was a big that was a big problem there. That, that's just why why their fans fan base is a little lower. But they they're growing it. They're, they're uh, my buddy Biz Nasty. He's growing his shit there. He's he's making it. He's making a staple there too. So he's doing a good good job. Yeah, that dude. Another one. I mean, oh. dude's a beaut, ain't he? Yeah, he's a beauty. Me and him had a. Had a little argument one night uh, after we won the Calder Cup. I was a little too tuned up, and uh, I might have peed in one of his brand new shoes uh, that he bought that day. I just was banged up, and I was like, "Ah, sorry, Biz." <laughs> Wait, time out. How the fuck? Why were you hanging out with fucking Biz? Biz? And Matt? Oh, yeah. when we when we won the Calder Cup in Manchester. Oh, okay. I was yeah. confused for a second. Oh no. No, no. So I was, we were on three day, uh, three day uh, hiatus after we won the Calder Cup, and the boys were like, "You won't pee in his thousand dollar brand new Balenciagas." I go, "This is rich enough. He can pee. I'll pee in him. He can buy a new pair." But I don't know if anyone knows that story. I don't even know if I should have told it. But oh, well, we it's too late it. now. I'm no, not deleting good. that. No, it's it's good. It's good. It's good. Me and me and Biz hashed it out. I I apologize. I said I was an immature loser. I'm sorry. And it's over. It's a, we're we're men. Me and Biz know the know the situation. We're men, and uh, he's he's a good guy, and he's doing awesome for himself, and that's all that matters. Yes, we're men that pee in each other's shoes. <laughs> well, you know, when you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> Better his shoes than my pants. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. That's a valid point. <laughs> and even if I'm not wearing pants, it's still better than when it's in his shoes. Oh my god! I wish you were still around Philly so we could go out for some beers. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, we just drink them here. Yeah. Uh, cheers, buddy. So, go into um, Phoenix. I mean, you played the majority of NHL games in Phoenix. Yeah. And then you came back. To Philly at some point in uh, 08, 09. Yeah. What was that like coming back to Philly? Was that cool? Like you were like, all right, cool. I love that place. Or Yeah, I was so happy to come back. I I was actually, I was the only reason I was really happy to leave to, to get traded is because it was the, to go play in the NHL. I didn't care which team. You could have, 
put right. me anywhere. But Philly's my home. Like when when people ask me where I played, when I played pro, or like I say Philly. That's the first thing I say is Philly because that's my that's that's where I won the cup. That's that meant the most to me and where I played my first NHL game. So to come back to Philly, I thought. I kind of always knew that I was going to come back to Philly because Paul Holmgren loved me. I have the most up respect for him, and all just they're so the whole organization's so blue collar and honest to people that were hard to them, right? And, and they don't uh, they don't forget the battles. Like just just say because it was American League, not the NHL. They don't they don't forget the fact that I fought. 35 times in the American League went through hell and back. They remember that. And if you ever just show up there right now in the middle of the night and say, hey, Paul Holmgren, need some help. He would be right there to change my tire, whatever it is. Give me a fucking whatever it is. That's just the flyer mentality. Like they, they treat yourself. If, if you if you put everything you own or put your body on the line for them, they uh they treat you and remember you, and that goes a long way. You don't see a lot of organizations that do that, you know. It's a it's like a once a flyer, always a flyer type deal. Which yeah. is, I mean, yeah. it, it's it's nice to hear because obviously I'm a Flyers fan, so it it kind of reinstitutes like why I'm a Flyers fan because I mean I'm a I come from a blue collar family. I'm blue collar, so to hear that they appreciate hard work, it's you know it's it's a, it's nice. Yeah, you know what? They're they're the most loyal loyal organization. There'll never be a more loyal organization. They take care of their own, and like you said, if it was a uh, someone had to go to rehab or someone had had divorce or someone had this or that, they're right there to help you with no questions, no opinions, nothing. Like they're they're as as family as it gets, and it. I might be explaining that wrong, but that in my mind, that's the way it's sounding. That's it it sounded it's... good to me. Yeah, because it, it's family. I mean, it's yeah. like that. It's like that. You know, I'm not happy with what you're doing, but no judgment. Exactly, but I'm not yeah. passing judgment on you. Let's and it, and, and let's they don't let it. and they and they don't hang it over your head. If you fuck up as uh, as a 20 year old, do something stupid, you're gonna pay the piper. For, for the little bit, but it, it doesn't come back to haunt you when you're 22 in a contract deal or you fuck up once they say, okay, everyone fucks up. They, they just, they say smarten up. And as, as a 21 year old for me, when I went there, I fucked up plenty of times, but they were always in my corner and they always had the best interest to, to help me out. That's, that's why this family, they're, they're family to me. Everyone in the Flyers organization, 100%. That's fucking awesome. I hope it stays that way. I mean, I don't know if you know what's taking place in Philly right now, but they Ed Schneider obviously passed away. God rest his soul. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Comcast took over. So I'm not so sure how it's going to be in five or ten years. So it's it's nice to hear at least the, the team that I fell in love with is still... Yeah. I, I don't think if they keep the right people in place, I think they keep Homer in place and they keep Bobby Clark somewhat to, uh, close to the team. You know what? Whether they do or they don't, 
if, if they ever try to follow away from the Broad Street Bullers, because those those are the guys that bred it, made it. Philly Philly's Broad Street Bullies, uh, no matter what. As soon as you go, oh, absolutely. Away, as soon as you shy away from that, you lose every bit of respect. So that's just keep your respect and and own it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Are you still playing? No, you know what? So there's no I official played. retirement statement no, yet. I know, so. I know. You know what? I, 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 so I went. I'm not sure if many people know this. I went to. Uh, I took a job in China. What? Yeah. So I was over in China for the last before this COVID shit started. Actually, right when it all started, I was sketchy. On the last, uh, yeah, I was on the last flight out of here uh, on Air Canada on the 30th of. Uh, January just to get back because I couldn't wouldn't have been able to get back. Still, my dog is still there. I gotta still go back to that fucking place to get my dog. Anyway, that's another story on top of itself. But uh, yeah, so I was I, I I was running an academy, a hockey academy in China for three three and a half months trying to trying to get it going there because the hockey and the money is just pretty much thrown at you there. And uh, it didn't really work out after this COVID stuff. So I, I came home, and now now this is where I'm at. But it was a bit of a transition period for me. And right now, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I'm trying to trying to get my sink my hands into a coaching job, possibly tier two juniors in Canada, or uh, looking at it in the East Coast, trying to get an assistant job. But Something, something right now, and then I'm on a transition period with that kind of stuff right now. I'm just trying to figure it all out as every as is everyone else with this COVID thing. So, oh yeah, for sure. Do you see Riley Cote around there very much? I actually I text with him all the time. I'm uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I wouldn't say we're friends or nothing, but he was yeah. on a. He actually came on. Uh, we have a mainstay podcast, uh, High and Wide Radio. It's all about flyers. It's all we do is talk flyers hockey. Okay. And he came on as a guest once. That that dude's a stud, man. Yeah, man. He he's the king. Like he's he's the king. He's got his shit figured out after hockey, but found a platform to help other people. Yeah, you know. Honor- and he does it like we were discussing earlier, slightly. Um, okay. he. Doesn't do it for himself. Self. Yeah, yeah. Self- it's, it's, it's selfless. Selfishly, that that that's a crazy thing, right? Yeah, no, it's 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 awesome to see guys like that uh, that literally put their mind to something and and it works. You know, like it works, and yeah. it actually helps. And it, yeah, and it's it does nothing it, does so it? personal. I, I I you know what I I have never been a guy that smokes weed, but I respect everybody that does that CB stuff. I. I I, I've tried it here or there. I don't know. I don't know if I need to see the right person or the right place, but the guy, if those guys, if it works for those guys, it works for everyone because those guys are the most honest people and they're not trying to pump their own tires. So that's why I believe if, if, if Coates says, because Coates is one of my best buddies from when we were playing with the fans from then, we've kept in touch. If Coates says it helps, it helps because he's not trying to bullshit. He's not. He's not a guy that's trying to sell his product. He's he's the oh, most sure. honest. He's the most honest human being out there. And he was at, 
always looking out for everybody while he's playing and now he's doing it for for a good cause this way so i respect that guy more than any anyone anyone that i can think of right now yeah i i, I haven't done a terrible amount of research into cbd oil i mean i I've, I've dabbled a bit in the reading and everything i read all the studies it, it seems to fucking make a legitimate impact on a lot of people in a positive sense right like there's 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 so much over it's it's so much over my head that those, that the way i look at it is those guys they got to be no they got to know something i don't know and if they say it's right Day, right because i trust him he's because coach coach wouldn't be a guy that would be just false advertising something he doesn't personally believe in he's too honest of a guy duly noted i have to i have to text him that <laughs> yeah. no it's true though now what was it well, you played with cote what was he like i mean obviously same person but was he a little wilder when you guys played oh Coats, Coats, and I would be like, so, so my nickname for the Coats for Coats is the Coats Rabbit Cobra Dog because you never know which day you're getting. You don't know if you're getting you're getting Riley. You don't know if you're getting the dog that's coming after you. You don't, <laughs> you don't know if you're getting the cobra that's gonna fucking sting you. Like he's he the Coats Rabbit, the Coats Rabbit Cobra Dog. It was just so stupid. One night I was drunk. I go, hey, it's a Coats Rabbit Cobra Dog. <laughs> and we, we we made jokes about it forever. The guy's the best guy on the planet. He's he's one of the most genuine, best guys on the planet, and worked his way from nothing to everything, with the intentions to help people. You can't find a better person than that. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, speaking of Cote though, the two times you played in Philly, you guys had some fucking, I mean, just stacked tough teams. Oh. <laughs> Man, like, there's, there's not a t- there's not a tougher American 0405 team easy. The the year we won the Calder Cup, there's not a single person that could tell me that there was a tougher team. And then after that, when they say there's not a tougher team, don't tell me that toughness doesn't win championships. Oh, it did. It does. Well, remember the 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 Chicago series? Yeah. When, I think it was in Philly. You guys went down. I can't remember the exact score, but you guys went down in Philly. I was there. I, I didn't miss a fucking game that playoffs, man. In Philly, I was at every game. Yeah. Are you, you talking guys, about? Are you, you hold guys? On, hold on. Are you talking about the uh, Wilkesbury series, or are you talking about the Chicago series? No, Chicago series, you swept, right? Yeah, so you're talking about Wilkesbury, right? I think so, yeah. You guys went down by a couple of goals, and then you guys just started beating the brakes yeah. off of everybody on the fucking Wilkesbury team. Yeah, it was Wilkesbury. Yeah, and I by scored, the third I, period, I you fucking tied it and won it. <laughs> yeah, I scored I scored one, I scored scored one. a goal that shouldn't have went in off the like, top of the blue line. It went in. I, I, think, they were, I think they were beating us. Six, six, no, they're beating us like four, one, four, two, whatever. We ended up coming back in that series or in that game and winning a winning seven, four against Wilkesbury. I rem, I, I just remember specifically being there and it was, I, I can't remember because again, I was like 14, 15. I can't remember the exact score. 
but I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, this the exact fucking... score. The exact score was seven four. No, no, I'm saying uh, when you guys were down. I can't, like, you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't remember the exact score, but like you said, it was obviously 4-1. Right. <laughs> and I'm sitting there I going, did. man, this fucking sucks. And then it's... you guys literally just started beating people up for no reason, right off the draw, just grabbing people and kicking yeah. the fucking shit out of them. And then you guys ended up coming back and winning. I'm like, this is the Be- greatest hockey game I've ah. ever watched in my life. Best, <laughs> best thing ever. <laughs> I, they, we thought we were, we thought that we were going to play Binghamton because Binghamton was first place. They had all the studs, and Wilkesbury beat them. And when we went into Wilkesbury and we stole one there, we th- we knew we had them after that. But they're just Wilkesbury just was was just a bunch of cocky, cocky first rounders. That's all. That's all they had. Wasn't, wasn't Scroisey playing for that team though? I did yeah, like that too. Scroisey, he's pretender. What? Yeah, he's pretender. Tell him every time. You know what? The only reason I want to say that is because he bullshitted me and called me out saying I'd only fight him when my jersey, my, my hand came out of my jersey. <laughs> and you know what? I fought a lot tougher guys than Scry. And I, I my jersey didn't come out. So, yeah, he thinks that I only beat him a couple times because my jersey came out. It's not the fact. We've had some... We, <laughs> Me and him have had some personal beefs about that, <laughs> and it's good. Oh, it's good. We're, it's good. It's good. We're getting it out of the air. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's that is absolute gold. And I will give this to him. He, he's tougher. He's more of a savage, but he can't play a lick. Oh. He couldn't. Even, he couldn't skate to the fucking penalty box. I still respect him for what he did, but he's either got a role or he's either, or he either can play the role. I don't know. Let him choose. Too late, too little. <laughs> Listen, I like Scroy. I, I like I, I well, like him too. I like him too, but when he calls me out into a newspaper saying I'm only tough because my jersey, my arm comes out of my jersey. Well, how long ago was that, Josh? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> All, all I know is I got a fight card that goes way beyond his fight card. Oh, well, that's rough. <laughs> it's not rough. It's fact. <laughs> I love the guy, though. And and you know what? If he was to see me right now, he'd beat me up. Nine times <laughs> out of ten, he'd beat me up. But don't, but don't bitch about my arm coming out of my jersey. <laughs> it's hockey. Did everyone bitch when Proby's arm came out of his jersey? No, <laughs> no, because they they woke up in the hospital bed. <laughs> but but did Scrazy did Scrazy bitch about my arm coming out of my jersey? Uh, I guess if you're saying he did, I never seen. He put the it. In, he, put, he put it in the article. Put it in the news. <laughs> he's better than that, and he and he's a better player than most people would give him credit for. But I'm not giving him that credit. <laughs> <laughs> He, I, I, and I respect what he's doing now. He's he's a good guy, I, and I have nothing bad about it, bad to say about him. All I'm saying, I had to stir the pot a bit because you had him on the on the podcast. So I'm just trying. He to was stir my. I know he was my first ever episode too. Yeah. So like so I got I got some loyalty to him. I'm, no, I'm I get to it. Go here, but at some point. No, listen, but I Josh. get it. I, <laughs> hey, I get I get the loyalty, but that's why I'm trying to little I'm trying I'm trying to stir the pot a little bit. So you can 
you can call it you can call him and ask if he wants to elaborate a little bit on it good god you need a sheet of ice don't you <laughs> i know he, he would beat me he would beat me up every time he would have beat me up if my arm didn't come out of my jersey <laughs> and he beat me up when my arm came out of my jersey but at least i have an excuse that my arm came out of my jersey so no we're just i mean <laughs> dude i ask everybody the same question that comes on yeah. so it seems like a good time who the toughest guy you fought Toughest guy, toughest guy. I fought a ton of tough guys, but no, no. Like, like, would you say toughest guy got beat up from toughest I, fight? I, I who I would, that's who how, I'd be scared that's how you of. Won't, well, you obviously weren't scared of anybody. No, you no. But who, these I, who, who I'd be like? Fuck! I gotta go into this place. I wish I had got suspended last night. I wouldn't have to fight him. You um, felt like that? No, I didn't fight. I'm just saying, like, there, there's ways, there's ways around it. You always know who you're going every night. Like, toughest guy, like, guy that would question me that, that I never fought would be Sugar, Sugar Sugden. Oh, that dude's tough. I never fought he him. Ran. He ran that AHL for oh, a minute. But he, he was a king. I played with him in Russia. Me and him were fucking tight as balls. Like, like <laughs> I got a good story about, about the Sugar Knight. I call him Sugar Knight. Uh, but I got a good story about me and Sugar after. But the toughest guy, uh, guy that I didn't want to fight is, is Morasti. Like, I fight him all the time. I beat him up for the first time in the East Coast. And ever since then, he came at me and came at me. You can't hurt him. We both got heads like meat. Nothing, nothing good's coming out of it except a smile from the fan. Because either of us are not smiling after that. Oh, that's rough. Like, dude... No offense to you, but we used to call you Cement Head because you didn't ever attempt to block a punch once. I know. I've never seen you block a punch. <laughs> oh, I don't <laughs> Unless know. Unless you not... count your face. <laughs> well, that's, is, is your face not your shield? <laughs> oh, you know what? I just that was just the way. I I never learned the technique. I never learned the craft. I got beat up as a fourteen year old. But we were playing on a in a tournament on the res on the reservation, and I got beat up with a big, big native guy that just tuned me in, and I thought I was the tits. So I didn't care after that. I, I was like, I already got beat up by the toughest guy in the world in my mind. So after that, I was like, whatever. But it wasn't for. I didn't care if I got beat up because no one's. I my my life my life. Before hockey, my lifestyle, my family-wise background, nothing's hurting me more than than what I've been through. So if I get beat up, a broken orbital bone, that's the worst that's gonna happen. I'm all right with it, you know. It's just it's just a mindset. But that being said, we were talking about Morasti. Yeah, <laughs> guy's a savage. Yes, he Absolutely. is. I gave it to him pretty hard in the East Coast League, and I, I lost. And then I got called up to the American League to Cincinnati. Never heard of him again. Signed in Philly. Fucking all of a sudden, this guy, Morasti, shows up at fucking uh, camp. He's was a trial for uh, Norfolk. He's like, oh, no, let's go. We're fighting, we're fighting. I was like, dude, what the fuck? Where do you even come from? You keep showing up everywhere. 
He beats the shit out of three people. I wasn't playing that game. He just beats the shit out of three people. A Norfolk, Philly, American League exhibition game. Oh, boy. Now I got to deal with this motherfucking guy. Every, <laughs> every time. And every time we fought. We fought when we were. I was in Nashville and he was in Columbus. I went out for lunch. And we were, the game was at 7. The flight was at 2. This was a fucking... I went to Maggiano's for lunch. I ordered chicken parm and spaghetti. I didn't even eat it. I was so nervous. I got to fight this fucking meathead again. <laughs> He's the best. Yes. He doesn't care. And, and you know what? He worked his way out the hearts. The, the only shame is that he should have got at least one NHL game for the work he put in. You fought him in the preseason in Columbus. Yeah. But that's what... <laughs> But oh, I got dusted. He fucking you can't fight him. He wins every time. <laughs> he beat me up in Russia twice. I couldn't. I, I couldn't even swallow my eye. I got sent back to Kazakhstan. My eyes were swollen shut, and, and I couldn't even smile. <laughs> like, and, and you know what? The sun was out that day. I wasn't even smiling. <laughs> no, Holy but he, shit. he he's the toughest savage savagery guy. Like, that guy, he should have earned. Back in the day, he would have been, he would have got games, but he, he deserved for all the people he went through and did. He deserved, he deserved a game. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. No, for sure. It was like, uh, I don't know, you listened to the Peter uh, Vandermeer interview. Yeah. 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 Another guy. I oh, mean, Pistol. He's heart- one of my best buddies. Tell tell him next time you see him, tell him I owe at least 30 cases of Shiner Bach. Because when we were playing in San Antonio, I used to just show up at his place and just open up his beer fridge while he was sleeping and drink it all the Shiner Bog. I'm going to text him right now. Yeah, do it. <laughs> do it. So tell, tell Gratz he's trying to get you some Shiner Bog. <laughs> Gratz says he owes you some Shiner Bog. Oh, I, I will tell you, it was like at least six cases easily. <laughs> I'd be tiptoeing into his place. I know Vandy has some shiner. Sure enough, case another case goes missing. He shows up at practice. I'm hung tits. I say, "Don't talk to me, Vandy. I can't speak right now." You're you're pissing. I can hear it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you gotta you gotta make this you gotta make this uh, interview a little organic. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What? Nothing. This is perfect. This is every like, there's there's certain interviews I come into, and I'm like, you know, this is this is the person I think somebody is, and then they're the exact opposite. And then there's interviews where I come into, and I'm like, this is exact like this. If you lived closer, we'd be fucking drinking buddies. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be there. I, I'm on my way. I'm getting my I'm getting my rollerblades. So, anyways, I wanted to bring up a personal memory. Yeah. Um, there was this time, dude. I, I can't remember if it was your first stint with the Phantoms or your second stint with the Phantoms. But a little bit of a line brawl broke out, and, and you had broken your hand. Yeah. Or maybe against, you... Was it was against that? Providence? Yes. So, you had broken your hand. Yeah. And some little prick decided he was during a line brawl 
decided he wanted to go with you. Yeah, Lacky Tour. Was it? Was it Lax? Yeah. Oh, fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. Decided he wanted to go with you, and and dude, like I was in the stands, and I could clearly make out you saying to him, like, dude, I I can't. My it's hands broke. It's because I fought Walshy earlier that night. I was in the other building getting my X-rays. I came back to play the third period, and I go ahead, finish the story. So you broke your hand in the game in the first fight. I, I broke my hand against Walshy. Walshy, Brendan Walsh came try to fight me. It was first period, second period, whatever. It was the first period for sure. So uh, we had we had a good tilt. Went to the washroom. Went or went to the. Uh, the penalty box knew my hand was fucked. So we went over to the Wachovia center just across the parking lot. Cause we were still in the spectrum at the time. Yeah. And when you got x-rays, they said, yeah, it's all good. So I got out there for the third game was a little out of hand. And from, from what I understand the fight you're talking about, it was against Dan Lacatur. Right. And, and, and what, but what I, what I was alluding to was like, like as a fan watching it, like you could clearly tell you were telling him, like, listen, my hand's fucked up. I can't fight you. And, yeah, went, and then went, at I, some point you just tossed off that right hand glove with your fucked up hand and yeah. dropped them. I went bananas. I went crazy. I said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then I said, you want to do it? Let's go. Boom, boom, boom. I fought him. I hit him once. Knocked him out. I hit him twice. Make sure he's knocked out. I hit him three times. Make sure he wakes up. Then I hit him one more time to go back to sleep. I remember that. It was like one of my favorite memories. I don't Nighty, know. Nighty night, Jim Kite. <laughs> you played some games over in Europe. Yeah. Right? And I wanted to ask you about one game in Uh-oh. particular. Uh, it's it's probably not what you're thinking. It's it's a, it's the stupidest thing ever. But it's up on YouTube, and I just laughed when I saw it. Yeah. You scored you scored a goal. You grabbed the goalie's water bottle. Yeah. You took the mean ass swig from it, and nobody said shit to you except the ref. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's gonna say shit to me ever. But I was on the and, and you know I played hockey. I played pro junior forever. I was on the biggest like slump that I hadn't scored a goal, so it became an inside joke. Like, Grassy, you score a goal, what are you gonna do? <laughs> like, that's how embarrassing my life was right then. I was like, oh, guys are asking me what I'm gonna do if I score a goal. Like, that's how much I should have retired before. I suck. Anyway, I go, if I score a goal, my next goal, I'm gonna sip out of the goalie's water bottle, no matter what, no matter what goal, if it hits off my stick, skate, helmet. I'm taking a drink of the score. So it happened. I ended up shooting it. Luckily, I went in from my own stick, not off someone else's. But all I remember is like, I owe it to the boys because we just had a hell of a travel day. We were all joking around. And these these Finnish guys are good fucking guys. They can understand English and they're just cheering me. They're like, Grass, a nice night you score. And I would always say, if I score tonight, that fucking water bottle better be full. <laughs> and I scored, and I, I had no choice. It wouldn't even matter. It was more about the my word to my teammates. It was nothing, nothing indirect to any goalie, indirect, indirect to any team. But 
I scored that goal. I got to man up and fucking run my show. Quick squirt, sip. It was bad water. I think he probably spit in it, to be honest. <laughs> well, he must have known I was going to score. He was, that's like playing the lotto. He, you know, he, he'd say, I'm not going to play the lotto tonight. I'm just going to spit my water bottle and see if Gratz drinks it. <laughs> Fuck, that guy lost a lot of that night, I'll tell you. What was what was it uh what was it like playing in Europe though? I loved it. Russia Russia was Russia was a little bit more intense, but Finland all the all the smaller leagues. Finland is my favorite place in the world. I, I, I have met so many good friends in Finland. They they just get it. Like beers Smile, simple life, small homes. They get it. They're, they're good people, good hockey. And if I if I could ever finish my career, live my career, live my life, it would be in Finland because they just they're the nicest people and the best people in the in the world. Hundred percent. Did you uh did you play on a bigger rink there? Was it a bigger rink? Yeah, Olympic sized rink. So. The bench is still the same. So when I got sat on the bench, I still had to sit there. But the, <laughs> when, I, when I went out on that ice, it was a little bigger. So it made me want to come back and sit on that bench a little more. <laughs> that bench or the one with the glass in front of it? Yeah. Well, either, either way, my bum's comfortable. <laughs> now, in in the NHL, you fought Todd Fedor. Right. Yeah. The fridge, and one of my best buddies. That's what I mean. You guys, you guys are good friends. Yeah. Now, like, people may not understand that not being hockey players. So, what, like, what goes through your head, like, when you guys drop the gloves? Like, there's like no love there. Like, all right, we're gonna try to kill each other. Like, what? How does that go? Kinda. I was just trying to survive the fridge because he's he, he's the king. In my eyes, he was a king. And you know what? At that time, I was just honored enough to be able to ask him to fight. Because in my eyes, I, I watched him growing up from Philly. I've seen his early. In my eyes, he's a king. Like To be able to ask him and him for giving me a show, I knew I was going to lose. But <laughs> but just, just, just the fact that I got a chance to ask the guy that I looked up to since I was 19, 20, 21 throughout the Flyers organization to get an opportunity to ask him to give me a chance to fight to prove myself. He didn't have to. He could have said no. I, I went up to him and I was like, Frank, give me one here. He goes, grass, you sure? Well, yeah. And I, I lost the fight 100%, but the fact that he he gave me an opportunity to take to, to prove myself to my organization. Nothing but respect, you know. Like, yes, yeah. yeah, it's not his job. It's not his job. His job is to protect his team. His job is not to obey or accept a fight from a guy that's trying to make him name, make him name, make a name for himself. But that's what he is, and that's that's what he did. And he would have went through the same way, but he's he's one of the most genuine, funny, honest guys that I would say 
they would consider team first every time, all the time. Nice to know. I, I always liked Fridge. Yeah, the you fridge. guys still you guys still keep in touch, or? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Him and Riles keep in touch really well, and I keep I kind of bounce things around those two. But the fridge, the fridge is uh, he he he's been through it all. He's been through hell and back, and came out on top. And he's he's a good man. Yeah, he seemed like a good guy. I was uh. I always liked them in uh, orange and black better than any other colors, but same, same, same can't, for you. Can't, you know what? <laughs> I agree. I would agree with you because I think I think he would probably agree too. If he had his choice, he would he would pick orange and black every day, every every second of the week. I would too. That's nice to hear. Oh, it's true. Goofy question here. Yeah. Was uh, what was the long fucking bleach blonde hair about, <laughs> buddy? Those uh, the bleach blonde hair in Phoenix or oh, oh, in Philly? Yeah, buddy. Anyone from McDaniel's Bar and Grill would know what those bleach blonde hairs got you. They got you laid. Yeah, you got to remember, I was fifteen at the time. There, Josh wasn't yeah. in the same. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I was 15 deep at the time with that fucking hair. <laughs> but only if you brought him home for Ben, too. Oh, they brought me home for Ben. <laughs> <laughs> it's Philly. Best girls, best life, best ever. They don't judge. <laughs> Till they wake up beside you, then they judge. Wow. That's either here they're or not, there. They, don't judge, they don't judge me because I already judge them. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You want some you want some podcast material? Here you go. Oh, there's plenty of it, dude. <laughs> so obviously your favorite place to play was Philly, hands down. Um I'm pretty sure we uh you didn't have to say that. For us to all understand it. <laughs> no. But what was your worst building to play in? Worst building? Yeah, like what What place did you just despise going? Like, man, fuck this place. I didn't want to play there. Like hockey? Like, like me, like every day or like road trip wise? Road trip wise. Uh, Binghamton sucked. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good question. I'll meet, I'll, I'll meet you. I'll meet you there and ask you. Uh, ask you why not. No, I'm not going to that shithole. You just tell me why. <laughs> but I had I had the worst games in Portland, Maine. Really? Yeah, hated it. I don't know why. What was the place bad? Was like Portland a shit area? Yeah, it's just like you're so far on the east. It's like nothing good's coming out of it. I'm going to be fucking playing four minutes a night, and I'm going to have to fight Trevor Gillies, Brandon O'Brien, and Shane O'Brien, or, or Kanopka. Like, nothing good came out of it. I hated it. <laughs> I don't want to fight a bunch of tough dudes either. Yeah, so going, <laughs> to, going, to, going into Portland and just, like, with a smile in your face, not going to happen. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oh. Now what? 
Now, obviously, you played in juniors and you played in the AHL, and obviously, the AHL and the NHL probably doesn't have any bad stadiums, you know, with bad experiences, other than maybe how you played that night. Uh, in juniors, is a different story, right? Like, there's got to be some shit stories in juniors, right? Well, shit stories are good stories. I don't know what you want. Right? I want, I I want good I shit stories. Of, <laughs> I got one of my good buddies. So when you're a junior, you're trying to get laid, right? So I It got seems the best. like a common thread here with you. Right. <laughs> I, got the, I, I, got the, I got the best story. So me, I'm not going to name this guy. He knows who he is if he ever hears the podcast. We, we sneak out for curfew. And these two girls are coming out out, out of their out of their girls' houses. The, they both jump off the roof. One's good, one's not. One breaks her leg. Oh Jesus Christ! Didn't, didn't matter. We still took her down to the. We still took her down to the nice scenery, scenery of the water in, in Kingston. <laughs> we, we, we 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 did what we had to do. We show up at high school the next afternoon. The girls walking in a cast. That's a trooper. Oh, for sure. Like, I, that's like borderline put a ring on that shit. Yeah. <laughs> if she's going to break her leg to get teed off on for a weekend, then life's good. <laughs> you might want to delete it. You might not want to. I don't know. I'm, I don't care. I'm, I right, you, in the, I'm, open I'm book, right in man. the middle. I'm right in the middle on that one, dude. Like, I, I'm, o- <laughs> I'm, open, I'm open book. Not my, not, not my days, not my problems. <laughs> So good old days, the good old days. <laughs> you, you, you decide that one. That's not me. Ah, dude, I, I'm so happy I didn't smoke a fucking joint before we started this because I would not, I would have died. <laughs> well, I, I would smoke too. Well, we're doing it. <laughs> Cannabis is legal, right? Especially when they have some little mushrooms in there too. I'm, I am not in Canada. It's not technically no. legal here. No. Well, then go talk to Riley Cote. Yeah. <laughs> this is the truth. He's in, he's in PA, and it's pretty fucking much legal over there. Yeah, because of him. Oh, yeah, he had a lot to do with it, but... Yeah. He's one of the best guys ever. Yeah, no, he's a cool dude. I met, yeah. I met him and his wife, and... Uh, uh, Oh. Uh, I have a I have a three year old son. Is he rolling it for quotes or what? No, no. Oh my god, my kid, no, I... my kid, dude, my kid can barely drive his power wheels without running a bunch of shit over. <laughs> oh, that's because that's because he's high right now. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this shit up. All right, boss. Done deal. All right, man. We we've, we've been on for about. Mm, a little over an hour now. Fucking yeah. shooting the shit, dude. Let's uh, let let's wrap this one up. All right, everybody. You can find me at Enforcers Corner on Twitter. Um, Josh, you got anything you want to plug? Anything you got? You're up to or plug plug my nose? But that's about it. Well, <laughs> I got nothing to plug except having a good time with you, buddy. I I appreciate it, dude. With really appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to bullshit with me on Enforcer's Corner, Josh. I, I really do, dude. I love it and I appreciate it. And like you said, 
there's nothing good coming out of the other way. So have a good night, boys and girls. And uh, I appreciate uh, having me on. Yeah, man. Anytime, dude. I'll, I'll be uh, sure to uh, <laughs> have you on again because this, this shit was a fucking blast. <laughs> any t- anytime. Anytime the beers are cold and a couple of uh, coffees, iced coffees with some Baileys, I'm in. Ooh, that sounds good. That'll wake you to fuck up, won't it? Yeah. Uh, well, that's <laughs> what they say. <laughs> all right everybody we i appreciate you guys listening in um make sure you guys stay tuned i'll be posting more episodes for enforcers corner uh got a couple other guests lined up coming up soon um stay tuned hang out have a good one you've seen enough of this fucking mug ah come on now i miss that mug we need that no, mug you... back in philly <laughs> yeah this mug, that, philly's the reason this mug came out it came <laughs> I was I was a model before that. <laughs> a, a fucking shoe model. <laughs>